Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP Practitioner Course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning, and we are still cranking, still crushing it, and out here right now bringing you the very best interviews, the very best backstories, and the most interesting tales from the entrepreneur world. So if you're like me, you always want to dive in deeper. You want to figure out how you can go after your dreams. You know, you got dreams. That's why you started this thing in the first place, right? I know I do. I know you do. And if you're after your dreams, you don't want to chase your dreams. Because we talk a lot about chasing dreams. My guest this week says, don't chase your dreams. You got to start catching your dreams. And my guest this week is none other than John Bourgeois. He is a podcaster. He is a number one best-selling author. And he is the creator of the Dream Catcher movement. Man, he's been uh, for 15 years in the corporate world, leading, training, developing leaders. Uh, at the height of his career, he's overseen five states in the USA with 293 locations under his leadership in the corporate world. He left it, and after a decade of dreaming, he stopped dreaming and started catching the dreams. I love that. So welcome to the show, John Bourgeois. How are you? Dude, I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me on the show. I know we, we've been enjoying our company for the last few minutes as we're getting ready to go. And of course, I, uh, I've had you or I was on your show just a, a, a few months back. So I appreciate that. And now, of course, I want to introduce you to my audience right now. Um, B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S. And I remembered asking when I came on your show, how the heck do you pronounce your name? <laughs> um, I think I was polite about it. And you politely said bourgeois. And right when I was about to inter introduce you, I had to cut for a second because I'm like, oh, I remember I learned how to say it, but now I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do, do, do you ever, does anyone ever get your name wrong? Dude, literally, it, when I go to the DMV, if I hear anything close to Borgios, Burgess, anything like that, I automatically raise my hand because I know that they're having a hard time. And they're always, they're always super nice, whether it's on the phone or DMV or wherever, right? I'm just like, yeah, that's me. And uh, it's bourgeois. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. Does anything stick out as the worst fumble ever that you like remember to this day? Worst fumble ever. No, you know what's, you know what's actually the, 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 the fumble for me is when somebody nails it. Like when they're like, oh, yeah, John Bourgeois. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I got that. I got that. I was like, okay, yeah, let's go from there. <laughs> yeah, that that that's not really fair. So um, hopefully we can all search you in iTunes. I'm going to put the link to your show, of course. So you are running one of the top rated Apple podcasts, Dreamcatchers. Yep. And you've had, you know, all sorts of great guests on. You've had John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneurs yep. on Fire, and Dr. Sam 
uh, Bakhtir, uh, Steve Sims, a bunch of great people. And you're talking about entrepreneurship, development, uh, mindset, life mastery, everything like that. What was the, the moment? Let's go back a little bit. So you've, and I want to hit the beginning for a second, but first, you leave your corporate job. Yep. Um, what were you doing in corporate and what, what was that leadership role like and how long were you doing it in total? Yeah. So the, the total length of my career was uh, 15 years, uh, maybe give or take, maybe a little bit more than that. And uh, the truth is I started from like the bottom, like sweeping floors and washing windows. What was that? What industry? I have been in every industry you can think of, Matt. Well, maybe not everyone you can think of, uh, but I've been in like a plethora of different industries. Uh, the last seven years I've spent in sales specifically, um, but I have been in uh, the coffee industry. I have been back in the day when there was video stores. I know, guys, I'm, I'm dating myself a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I was in the, the video store industry. I've been in gaming cafes. I have been... Um, convenience stores, fast food. Uh, so like yum brands. Um, and then once I entered into the sales space, um, I've sold for SaaS, I've sold, uh, leads, I've sold, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other products that we sold primarily in, in the area that I'm based, it's been all SaaS. So that's software as a service. So basically teaching sales guys how to sell without being, you know, dirty, slimy, horrible individuals and actually meeting the needs of your client versus thinking about your bottom line and your, uh, your sales, pocket. Salespeople, salespeople as a rule, I find, tend to have an interesting kind of upbringing. So did, when you were a kid, did you were you always kind of this natural salesperson or was it the opposite where it was a, a skill you had to develop and figure out over time almost a... Like for me, it was a survival mechanism almost, yeah. right? I had to learn to win people over because <laughs> I wasn't very popular. What, what were you like as a kid and how did sales tie into it or didn't it? So you're probably, Matt, you're probably similar to me in the fact that you're a studier of the game. Would you say you, would you, say you enjoy like kind of diving deep and learning? Of course I would enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so for me... If I looked back like at life uh, and as a kid, I was a bit of a nerd, like just, I mean, I was, I was a homeschooled until uh, high school, you know what I mean? So like, just say no more, yeah, say no exactly. more, just <laughs> you, you understand there. So I was a little bit, uh, I mean, I grew up on an island and so I am. Um, which island? Where, what are you talking about? Where were you? Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I grew up on Guam in the middle of the Pacific. Uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. And, uh, I grew up there. Start with that, man. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So I grew up there and the funny thing is, so my grandfather is Puerto Rican, but my grandmother is Irish. So I have got the, I can tan really, 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 really well. But I also can go like super, super Caucasian. And so being on an island where you are Caucasian or white or Hali is what uh, the islanders would call it. Um, that was for me, it was it was one of those, you know, how do I how do I quickly figure out how to be befriend this person so that I'm not always the outsider, even though I was homeschooled. Right. And so if, if going back to your original question, like 
how did it, like, was I naturally a salesperson? I've always been extremely charismatic, always been very energetic. I could always sway a crowd in any direction that I wanted them to go. Um, my son's actually got that same superpower. And I'm like, brother, that's a superpower, but you can use it as a super villain or you can use it as a superhero. You get the choice, right? And so for me, I've always been extremely um, energetic and just loving, like engaging with people and helping people. But when I got into the sales world, it was entirely different in the fact that I wanted to learn how do I become the best? What do I need to do to not only help myself in terms of being the best uh, salesperson, but how do I help a, a, a floor of salespeople succeed? And how do we duplicate what a top performer is doing and go ahead and teach it to everybody else so that they too can become a top performer if they want to be? And so for me, that's where I just began to study. I mean, what you do, uh, I began to study that. I began to study some of, you know, um, just the just the way that the brain naturally thinks, flows, and how to influence that in the direction of where that individual wants to go. So I want to ask you about your motivation for that. And I, I find this fascinating. So you, you're, you're in sales and I get that to an extent, right? Like you, whether it's for survival on the island, like you're talking about to make mm -hmm. friends, to mm -hmm. get along, mm -hmm. you want to get your yourself to a better place. You want to get your family to a better place. And that's a pretty natural driving force. But that thing that kind of kicks people over the edge to say, yeah, no, I want to, I want to teach other people how to do this. I want to bring someone up. What do you feel like? Do you remember like a moment when you said, man, I want to, I want to do this for other people, or I, I want to lead people. Was it initially like the first moment when you said, let's do this? Was it like, Hey, I'm going to advance my power. Um, like, you know, to, in order to get paid more in order to make more, I need to go to a higher rank where I'm in leadership. Yeah. Or was it genuine, genuine kind of, I need to turn around and take these kids that are gruff and young and don't know what they're doing and make something out of them. What was the kind of motivational yeah. force? Yeah. So for me, and let's actually, let's go back, Matt, because it will kind of help answer that let's question. Let's go way back. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it. Way back. So growing up, I have always wanted to be an author. That's what I've always wanted to be. Um, Why? And specifically, I wanted to be an international best-selling author, right? And Why was that? Yeah. Where did that come from? My grandmother was a English professor, beautiful woman. She's the Irish one that I was telling you about. Uh, couldn't catch a tan for the life of her. Redhead, uh, freckles. I mean, you can imagine it. And and Spent a lot of time indoors reading, writing. <laughs> no, she didn't though. That's, nope. the, that's the whole thing. She tried to get tans. Like whenever she'd come to, oh no, whenever she tried to come to Guam and like visit us, she tried to get the tans, but she just couldn't. She'd go red and then back to a like pale, 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 pale. And anyways, she was a beautiful woman and loved people and loved helping people and just her home was always warm and welcoming. Like you could never do any wrong in front of her. And for me, I remember looking up to her and just having this really, really special relationship with her. And she ended up passing away in 96. And she was an English professor and wanted to be an author and never published any of her work. And it was mainly because it was very similar to my grandfather's story where he wanted to be a doctor, 
but he ended up settling for being a, a chemistry professor. And he always constantly, anytime I had a conversation with him, he said, John, you need to be a doctor because I wasn't. You need to be a doctor because I wasn't. And so I remember like my grandmother passed away. We actually didn't publish any of her books until like literally 15, 20 years after her death. But I remember that was always a goal of hers. And so I wanted to be an author because I loved reading, but I also like idolized my grandmother. And I wanted to be as similar to her as possible. But as all kids happen, uh, as all kids have happened to them, um, I started to believe limiting beliefs and uh, hearing the, the advice that was given to me as a child, which was mm -hmm. one, uh, John, you also want to be wealthy and you want to have money and be able to take care of your family. Writers don't make any money. Uh, they only make money once they're dead. Well, that doesn't work out for John. Uh, <laughs> and John, you also want, you're super energetic and writers have to be like stuck in a corner and they, they can't love anybody. They can't be around anybody. They just, they just stuck at a, a typewriter and that's, that's all they get to do. Well, that's not me. I'm very energetic. I'm very charismatic. I love being around people. I love playing. I love like, that's not me. And then, so I was torn between this. That's what I want to do, but I can't do it because that's not who I am. So there's something wrong with me. And then it progressed even further in the fact that I wanted to help people, Matt. And I wanted to help them on a large scale, but I also wanted to make money. And so, I mean, growing up in the 80s and the 90s, the only way to help people and make money, Matt, is to be a doctor. That's the only way to do it. There's no, oh, other, wow. there's no other way of doing it. I don't know if you know that. That's the only way you can help No, people. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's the only way. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense, right? So that's the only way you can do it. And so I was really good at school. And by really good at school, I was blessed with photographic memory. So I would not study at all. I love learning on the things that I love doing. But if there was a class, if there was a test coming up the next day, uh, I would, you know, on the bus ride to school, I'd be flipping through my pages. And then as I'm in the test, I'd be just closing my eyes and going back through the pages that I flipped through and finding the answer and then putting it on the test. So that was me in high school. And that's how I got my grades. But what I didn't realize getting into medical school, because I did, Matt, that this, this is the part of you're like, John, holy crap. Like, how did you get into sales? It's a long way. Well, I mean, this is perfect. Like, exactly. this seems like the skill you need for med school. Exactly. What happened? Exactly. What I didn't realize about med, uh, med school. So I go from Guam to Australia. I spent seven years in Australia. They had a in where a, were you at? Uh, Sydney, Australia. Of course. Yes. And but I've been all, down there. I've been like all up the coast, so I'm very familiar with the Gold Coast. Very familiar with Brisbane. Um, like, like, love it. Love yeah, Australia. It's an amazing country. Um, and I they spent, used to have a used to have an office up in the Gold Coast. So I spent a lot of time there about six months out of the year. I remember quite a few years. It was yeah, a ton of fun. Ton yeah, of fun. Great food. Good people. Great. Uh, yeah. Great people. Um, amazing culture, just a very friendly culture. Like, like, uh, I can't, uh, Australia is, it's got a warm spot in my heart. Um, but anyways, they have this phenomenal, phenomenal program 
where if you get into med school there, you don't have to do four years of pre-med, then take a test and do an additional four years of medicine. Nice thing is if you get into the program, it's a seven-year program and you come out a doctor. So at the very beginning, you're doing all your electives. And then as it gets closer and closer to the end of your seven years, you're now studying what it takes to be a doctor, right? Well, I did not realize that although I wanted to make money and although I wanted to help people, I was extremely squeamish with blood. That's not a good component as a doctor. I don't That's going to get in the way quite a bit. (laughs) It does. It does. And so I dropped out and I, How, how far into it were you when you dropped out? Um, I was about a, uh, I was about a year and a half in. And okay. So, I mean, you've put some significant time into it. Yep. And, and what, what's the, what's the feeling when you, you go, okay, this is it. I'm not doing this. Did you know what you're doing next? <clears throat> or did you just say, I know this isn't it. And I got to drop out and figure it out. Did you have that kind of, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have this weird uh, kind of dark space or gray zone where it's like, I know I'm not doing this, but I got to figure out what's next. Did you have that? Or did you already know I'm going to get into what I'm great at and jump right in? Oh, no, not at all. Um, (laughs) No, not at all. I went through a massive spout of depression. Um, I gained, I mean, I was in high school, I was always like, always into sports and varsity sports and just like, I love playing. Like if you were to ask me, John, like, what is your, what would be quote unquote, your spirit animal? It's probably a dog. I love playing. Like I just, I, the, the, give me the opportunity to just have fun. And I absolutely love it. And so I've always been extremely active. Well, I get out of medical school and now I don't know what I'm going to do at all. I was always going to be a doctor. My grandfather was always telling me, John, you need to be a doctor because I wasn't able to. Well, I'm no longer that individual. Who am I? And I gained about 30, 40 pounds. Um, Was drinking, you know, two liter bottles of of Sprite, as many as I possibly could um, in a day. And just really, truthfully, hating myself because now I was a failure and it, it, it took me a while to get out of that. Luckily, um, I was getting married. So my, my, my brain clued in real fast and it went, John, you don't enjoy photos right now. Your, your fiance can't get her arms around you. You need to change something. And so I went back to my old soccer routine, dropped the 30, 40 pounds, you know, started to read again, started to get into the right mental space. But it was there that I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'd like to get a job and, and maybe keep my time occupied versus, you know, playing video games or playing uh, computer games or not doing anything at all. And so I started working at this internet cafe in Guam, sweeping the floors and uh, basically cleaning the windows. And it was that entrepreneur there that saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. 
Mm -hmm. And he started handing me books that I'd never read before, I'd ever seen before, even knew. I, I, at the time, I didn't know that self-development was even something that was, you know, a space. I didn't even know sure. that you could go and find a book that would help you get better. What and, was the first book that really stuck out to you that someone gave? Do you remember? Yeah. So it would have been this entrepreneur and the book that he gave me, he gave me two of them. And they were extremely hard reads for me um, at the oh time. Oh my gosh, he gave you my book? Yeah, I did not know that. exactly, exactly. You hadn't even read it I'm so it sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but no, he gave me Think and Grow Rich. Come on, And he gave me How to Win Friends and Influence People. Dang. Yes. Okay, so two obvious classics. Obvious and classics. Did, did you read them right away? Did you put them on a shelf? So I, tr so I've always trusted my coaches. Anytime I look up to somebody, if they tell me to do something, whether it's absurd or not absurd, I trust you. And so therefore I, I go ahead and I go, okay, if you say this is something that I need to do, then I need to do it. A perfect example. I'm going through high school. I'm trying to get the presidential award. Um, and in order to get that, you've got to do, you know, so many sit-ups, so many push-ups, be able to stretch this, jump that, but specifically you had to run the mile in under five minutes or somewhere around that range. And I just couldn't do it. I was, I was a natural born runner, but I just couldn't seem to get that, that, that part of the, the award. So I finally, the last chance that I had to be able to do it, I kept failing, kept failing, kept failing. Finally went to my, my soccer coach and said to him, hey, man, I know I can do this. I keep getting really, 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 really close, but I, I'm not doing it. Can you run the last lap with me and shout at me the entire way? He's like, absolutely. I can totally <laughs> do that. I was like, perfect. Well, guess what? I ended up breaking that and being able to get the presidential award because he ran alongside me. So I learned the element from a young age that you need a coach whenever you have a hiccup of any sort, or just in general, you want to avoid your hiccups. You need a coach to take you along that journey. And so when this entrepreneur who saw this potential in me that I didn't see in myself, which will lead us back to the, the original question, Matt, I haven't forgotten. Don't worry. Good, because um, <laughs> we got we to gotta get into that. Uh, but he gives me those two books. And although they were, you know, at the time, I, I'm like, I don't know why I would read How to Win Friends and Influence People. I'm not sure why I would read Think and Grow Rich. Um, I could still see the cover, like the white with the green and green with the gold with it. I'm like, yeah, why yeah, would I super read? Super dated cover. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why would I read this? And then he's talking about like, Henry Ford and the Great Depression and all of that. I'm like, I mean, this doesn't seem relevant, but okay. So I trusted him. Well, he gave me my, my managing career when I didn't have anything. Like he saw how hard I was working at his shop. I was literally acting as if I owned his shop. And he gave me my start in management and then allowed me to district manage on the island because he opened multiple different um, locations. And so I moved back to, I was in Guam for a little bit. I moved back to Australia and it allowed me to get into corporate America because I now had the quote unquote manager um, experience. Right. Now you have a resume built up because exactly, an entrepreneur gave you a chance. Exactly. 
And it has been from that moment, that moment where he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, that it didn't matter where I was at, what industry I was in, I looked for, I now understood I can help people by looking for the potential that's in them that they don't see in themselves. I can help them get to that next level if I can teach them what steps need, they need to take in order to get there. And so through my corporate career, although I, you know, through wanting to be an author to the side and said, oh, you can't do that, John. I now looked for, okay, how do I help as many people as possible doing what I'm doing in corporate America? And I thought that the reason I was doing what I was doing in corporate America was so that I eventually could have at some point X amount of dollars in the bank so I could kick my feet up and start writing. So the, the dream the entire time at this point that you're kind of chasing, if you will, is still to be an author, even though, um, even though you've started to make it, you're starting to get forward in, in corporate America. I want to kind of pivot for a second and ask you about, you know, I want to get to obviously, um, this idea of dream catching. And I know you're probably not talking about like the dream catchers above that you put above your bed. Um, what's your problem with, <laughs> what's your problem with chasing your dreams? When I think of chasing my dreams, I think like a positive, you know, picture I go, yeah, I'm chasing my dreams. I'm working at it. I'm going after it. You clearly at some point thought about that and went, ah, that's not good. Tell me your take on dream chasing. Why do people get stuck in there? Yeah. And how do you get out? How do you get into that next phase, which is actually catching? Yeah. So I, I break this down in the book that I'm writing right now. Um, there's three different types of people. There's daydreamers. There are dream chasers, as you were talking about. And then there's dream catchers. Daydreamers, I mean, it's that one's obvious. They're the guys that sit in, you know, Wherever they're at, they always have the idea. They're always going to go ahead and do that at some point. Um, but you never see them take any action at all. It's always just the next idea that they're going to do. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to sure, do this. Sure. And you're always exactly, Matt, the exact same way. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. You're going to do that. Mm-hmm. We'll just wait till yeah, the next no, idea. No one wants to got. be a dream, a, a, a daydreamer for sure. Absolutely. And, but for me, for the longest time, that's who I was. I was constantly talking about the book that I was going to write, but just never writing the book. And so when we talk about a, a dream chaser, the best analogy that I can give for a dream chaser and bless their heart um, is a dog chasing its tail. Bless well, their heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you say when you <laughs> never mind. <laughs> uh, bless uh, their heart. Yeah. Bless their heart. And, uh, or a hamster on a wheel. Like they're putting in all the action. They're, they're, they're going as fast as they can. They, they're, they're trying their hardest to do what they need to do to get it. Like you can Correct. see them exerting all the energy, but eventually they don't catch the tail. They, don't go anywhere on the hamster wheel. They get off and they're super tired. And they actually look at dreaming as a negative thing. They automatically assume that dreamers, having a dream is, is not worth it. It's stupid. It never takes you anywhere. It's a failure. Like you'll never get the dreams. It's only for the elite. It's only for the privilege. It's only for the special. And they, they give up for a season. And then they jump back onto the hamster wheel or they, they jump back and they start chasing their tail. 
Okay. Ma- makes perfect sense. Obviously that's you're you're chasing a dream, but you're really talking about not like going after a dream, but you're talking about chasing it and getting nowhere and getting frustrated and giving up and trying it again and not really getting it. Um, so I think I know where you're going to go with this. I, I don't want to assume that, but yeah. let's pretend yeah. you're going to get into chasing. What is the key element in your experience, in your mind that, that makes the difference? What is the difference that makes a difference for chasing and catching? Yeah. So I think it, I think it truly comes down to one consistency, tenacity, and then also understanding there are going to be in, in your life of going after your dreams, there are going to be phases where you don't know how to overcome the hurdle. And that's probably the biggest thing that I find is the difference. Cause I interview dream catchers on our show, Matt, very similar to you. I interview dream catchers on our show that have caught their dreams and continue to catch their dreams. And one of the common themes that is woven through all of them is this notion that they understand I don't know everything. Therefore, I have to find somebody that knows more than I do. So whether that's books, whether that's podcasts, whether that's uh, audio books, whether that's courses, whether that's Um, seminars, whether that's getting a mentor, whether that's getting a coach, they understand somebody knows more information than I do. How do I, how do I get that from them? And they're willing to accept the fact that I don't know everything, but somebody can help me along the way to get over this hurdle. That's very, very good. That's the biggest thing that I find. And on top of that, if you were going to say, okay, John, what's the second biggest thing that you find? It's this persistence and this relentless consistency that no matter what I'm seeing in front of me currently right now, I personally know, Matt, that this is going to happen. I'm not worried about how long it takes. I just know what's going to happen. So I'm going to continue to put in the effort and the work that it takes in order to get there. That doesn't mean that I have to run faster or exert more energy or exert more effort or anything like that. I just need to be exerting the effort and teaming up with the right coach and mentor to take me along the way. And if I am doing that, and if I found the right mentor, And if I'm putting in the right effort, then this is going to happen. It's just a matter. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time at that point. I really love that concept too. So this is just like a a feeling you get. Is it the facts are lining up or a combination of both those? Say that one more time. Is it just a feeling you get or is it a, the facts are lining up to explain the fact that you are in fact going to get this? How do you know? You said you just know that it's happening. Cause I feel like if I'm, if I'm chasing my dreams, I know it's going to happen. I feel like I know it's going to happen, but it might not. What's the, what's the difference when you are now putting one foot in front of the other, you're following good advice and you said, you know, is it a feeling inside? Is it how you're looking at the world differently? A combination of that? Yeah. So, and that's an amazing question. Um, Why? Thank you, sir. I mean, do you do this on a regular basis? Like, do you? My favorite questions are the ones that I genuinely have in my head. Wow, (laughs) that's that's a good one. No, I love it. Um, No. So for me, the the truth is, for me, what I what I had to do the knowing part, the talk, the, the piece that you were talking about. Yes. Is I didn't trust myself. 
And I think dream chasers do, do not trust themselves. And, and let, me, let me dive into that a little bit more. Very good answer. They have continuously picked up a dream. It's not their dream. They have picked up a dream and they've gone after it. Like okay? being a doctor as like, an example. Perfect example. But we're going to go even further. Uh, oh like, like being a doctor like um, going ahead and thinking that I had to jump into corporate America, like going ahead and starting a supplement company, like going ahead and um, doing network marketing when don't get me wrong, guys, I'm not saying network marketing's there's wrong. Some of my greatest mentors, they were highly successful in network marketing, but jumping into it for the wrong reasons is not the right reason to do it. Um, going ahead and being a personal trainer, going ahead and, and trying to be an IG, uh, influencer. Um, well, it sounds like every one of these, John, like these, this is someone else's dream or it's a dream. Like you said, you exactly. picked up along the way, which I, I really love that distinction. Yep. I think it's pretty simple. Um, as we wind down here a little bit, um, where can, where can we find out about you? I know you have, of course, your top rated show, dream catcher show, and you have a new book coming out. Oh, no, you already have. I'm sorry. It's a number one bestselling book. We're, uh, we don't want to talk about that one right now because it's available today on Amazon yep. everywhere. And, and this author, um, can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration? And I'm sorry for the quick pivot. No, but, no, no. Definitely, um, man. Definitely. Take care of our time. Yeah, um, Tell me a little bit about the, the inspiration for the book. And I know, you know, we talked about your grandmother and I kind of know the story of wanting to be an author, but what, who's going to read the pen and its author and what is it for? Yeah, absolutely. So are you familiar with The Alchemist? Yes. Okay. So I love Hello. that book. Hello. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love that book and I have read it. Now this will be my sixth year reading it. I read it every single year. And, um, and I really truthfully love the way that he took nonfiction and fiction and married them together as a parable. And you get away from this book and your brain is like, oh my goodness, there's so many principles that I can learn from this. And it's a great read at the same time. That's literally what I wanted to do with the Penance Author. I wanted to take nonfiction concepts, things that was going to be able to help the reader catch their dreams and put it through a, a lens of a story so that you could easily read it, easily absorb it. And then walk away and go, okay, I know exactly what I need to do in order to start catching my dreams and turning my dreams into a reality. Very, very cool. Wow. So I love that. So it's like, like a, a fiction, it's a story, but with personal development and career development That's exactly lessons yep. built into it. That, that is such a fun idea. Yeah, the, one of my favorite books for that was The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. I really enjoyed that from Dan Millman uh, back in the day when, whenever I... I mean, I've read that and it changed my life. That was I mean, probably 15 years ago or so. But what really stuck out was I just love that concept of here's a story about a guy. Here's a story about something. And along the way, you have this mentor and you're learning what you need to learn and growing. And I just remember absorbing it so darn easy. Yes. Um, so I really, really love that concept. I'm glad you're doing that. So the pen and the author, and you can find that wherever books are sold. We'll have an Amazon link on the show notes. If you go back on the on-demand version of this radio show, of course, Find it anywhere podcasts are downloaded. You can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. Speaking of which, you also have a top-rated podcast. Can you tell me uh, briefly? I mean, obviously, we know it's about dream catching, uh, but who listens to it, and uh, and why are we going over there? Yeah, absolutely. So, literally, 
to answer that question, I basically wanted to create a space where people would be able to literally go ahead and go, John, I'm, I'm a daydreamer right now. I've got this audacious dream. I don't know how to even start. Or John, I'm a dream catcher at the moment and I'm, I'm in the middle of my dream and I've got all this energy. I just don't know what the next steps are. Or I, John, I'm a dream catcher and I just ended a dream and I don't know what to do next. And so I okay. basically wanted to, through our interviews, through our practical sessions that we do on the show as well, basically be able to help any one of those in their journey of their dream, be able to literally take a strategy, something practical from each one of those episodes and go, got it. Now I know what to do. Let me go and apply that immediately and go ahead and see results from it. And then let me come back and listen to the next episode and be able to do the exact same thing. Very, very cool. Um, so how can we find out more about you? Where should people connect with you, John? Um, literally the best place would probably be either on the Dreamcatcher show, um, or jumping over to any of the social media outlets. You're going to have to look at how to spell the name, the last name. It's going to be super long, but I'm going to do it for you. It's B O U R G E O I S. That's going to be John Bourgeois. So if you do that on Facebook or Instagram, you'll be able to find me. Um, that's just how it was in my head. And, and <laughs> if you, if you, if, if you check out, we'll have, we'll have a links in the show notes, but if you check out, uh, Google the dream catcher podcast, the dream catcher show, and you're going to find John, you'll see how it's spelled. Um, looking forward to that. Make sure you check it out. It's well worth a listen, especially you can hear an episode with me where usually I don't get into, of course, a lot of my backstory here as I'm interviewing other people like John, but you get to hear a lot of that. So check out the dream catcher show and search for Matt Browning and you'll see, uh, maybe that's the first episode. If you like me, you'll love John. Absolutely. John, thanks for coming on the show, man. I sure appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me, man. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Continue getting out there, doing what you do. Go crush it, man. Um, don't just chase your dreams. Go catch them. Make something happen. I'm excited for you. John and I are behind you. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, rate and review if you haven't already. I sure appreciate that. And then follow me on social media, at Matt Browning, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, LinkedIn even, all at Matt Browning and shoot me a message. I love DMs and I love to hear from you. Until next week, stay driven. Ooh, I wonder if that's going to be my new catchphrase. Stay driven. All right, there we go.